This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Okay, we're live. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dojo Live. I'm Tulio Siragusa, broadcasting from Southern California, joined today by Carlos Ponce in Cuernavaca, Mexico, and Kim Lantis in Hermosillo, Mexico. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's good to be here as ever. Today, we have our guest. His name is Ricardo Regalado, who is the CEO and founder of Route. And hi, welcome, Ricky. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. So we're going to be having an interesting conversation today because quite often blue-collar industries often sort of feel left out of the tech play, but they don't have to be. And we're going to talk about that today. But before we do get into that topic, let's get to know you a little bit, Ricky. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to the audience, and then we'll talk about your business as well. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm from Chicago, born and raised. Uh, I'm a Midwest guy, uh, hence the blue collar kind of feel to to what we do with our business. Hundred uh, percent Mexican. My father, you know, came over here at 18 years old. Uh, my mom was born here. She was born in uh, in New Mexico. Uh, but we're we're a big Mexican family. Uh, everybody's hardworking. Uh, I was actually the first to go to college. Um, I was the first to be a business owner and entrepreneur. And uh, I, I think I got the bug from my mom, seeing my mom work her ass off um, and, and work in a man's manufacturing world uh, and seeing my dad, you know, work just as hard or even harder. And it's I, I, I got that drive from them. So I like to say I, I'm building these businesses and companies that I have uh, because of them and, and in their name. Uh, my father passed away about little almost close to two years ago. He was my first employee, my first investor, my first just my first role model. So, you know, I'm a very family oriented man, as you'll learn that, you know, my businesses all have family involved in it. Love it. Well, it's great for you to introduce yourself. Thank you. Uh, We're sorry for your loss. Uh, I'm sure those memories will be a blessing to you for many, many years. Let's talk about Route. Tell us a bit about what prompted building it. What do you do? What's the business about? What's its mission? Yeah, so I'm one of those stories of I I built a solution and a and a technology tool uh, platform for the same industry that I'm in. Uh, it's it, the route is digitizing and streamlining the pen and paper and manual process of our industry. Uh, you know, think of you know a small business owner, especially in my industry. So let's talk about cleaning, right? Like my family business and my my experience core competency comes from commercial cleaning facility services. What what we're doing is it's when I wore all the hats in the beginning, I was a sales guy. I was the quality control. I was accounts payables, accounts receivables. I was sending the proposals. I was inspecting. I You do everything when you're a small business owner and in the beginning. Uh, as I grew, I hit some walls because I couldn't grow and scale anymore uh, because there wasn't the tools out there that helped you scale your bidding process, scale your sales process, and then take it into operations. So looked, looked, couldn't find it. And I'm from Chicago and we have a big technology ecosystem here. And I, you know, I'm part of the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And at the time, Omar, who's the president, was like, Rick, man, 
you keep talking about tech, you keep talking about these ideas, go do something about it. And he's really the, you know, he pushed me to do it. I entered a incubator and, and rot was born. Right. But in, in the sense we're solving the pen and paper, we're solving the issues of small business owners wearing too many hats and creating the digital solution from that, um, from step one to step to the end. Right. And then just adding more tools and features to create a platform that, that helps them compete with the bigger guys. Awesome. Well, I'm curious to learn more. You curious to learn more? I think we're all curious. So Kim, all let's curious. introduce let's introduce the topic and get right, get right into it. Sure. Thank you so much for being here today, Ricky. Uh, so the topic you chose is, and you've kind of unpacked it for us quite a bit already, <laughs> is blue collar small business owners can build tech too, rising from cleaning to a tech startup. Um, so first of all, congratulations. I think that from what I'm hearing from you and your story with Root is one of the inherent advantages that you have is the intimate knowledge of how small businesses are run, the prom the problems that you're coming across, and and just what your types of your users might need most urgently and then what they could benefit from. Can you talk a little bit about just that insight and how you've maybe put that into play? Yeah, I mean that's a great point, Kim. Like we you know, I'm, I'm a subject matter, you know, I hate the word the expert, but in this case, you know, I have expertise in this industry, in the solution that I'm building. So it gives it to me, it gives our customers and our members the advantage of this guy walked in our shoes. He, he knows what it is to deal with these pain points where a lot of solutions that come out there, you know, somebody thought of it, somebody thought it would be a good solution, but do they really know that, right? Where's the, how do they prove it? Where in our case, we tested on my, you know, I have a family business called Rosalado Services um, and we are a cleaning company. So guess who's always the first one to test the product is my own family business, um, which gives us that competitive advantage, right? And we, and my software team and the route team is incubated in this office and with the company. So these guys, my engineers have stripped and waxed, carpet cleaned, gone on sales calls. They learn, they know what it is to bid a job. They know what it is to buy supplies. They know what it is to send an invoice. So they they really know and are ingrained in the operation side. So it it's just an advantage for the customers and the members that are going to be signing up and using our product that they know, you know, we've been there. All, all of the team that you're talking to, uh, whether it's head of customer success, whether it's me, whether it's our business development, they've lived in your shoes and they hear it and feel it when they're coming on and onboarding or doing a demo. They'll, they'll ping me and message me because we're big on community. Um, we, we have a lot of followers on social media. They they just love that we talk to talk. You know, we are walking in their shoes, talking to talk, just walking the walk because it's so important. Every, there's so many solutions out there that don't, I feel don't do that, you know, and, and they come and go, you know, where us, we feel like we're building a long a longevity type of relationship with our customers. And a re the relatability, like, I, I think that's super unique. Yeah. As oh. you can see, I mean, my own, I got a podcast called Cleaning and Cocktails where, you know, there's nothing better than having a cocktail and shooting, you know, I don't know if I can swear on here, but shooting the SHIT with and making, people, making people feel comfortable because, again, cleaning, it's not something people talk about. 
But guess Clean what? Cleaning cocktails, that, that's my jam, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I love to get organized, I, and I could do it with a cocktail in hand, man. It sounds a lot like our show. This is a serious show by non-serious people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There you have it. There you have it. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim keeps us serious. All right, so Ricky, can we uh, let's unpack this a little bit more? So the platform route—is this something you're using for your own business, or is this a platform you're licensing for other businesses that are in the, in a similar space or are trying to manage their business better? Tell us a little bit more about how it is today, maybe yeah. what your roadmap plans are for the future. Yeah, great question. Uh, yeah, because everybody always assumes, right? Like, did did I build this for me first, and then you know, how did it come to be a product? We from get go, we knew we were going to commercialize it. You know, we built it for the industry. It just, you know, we we tested it on ourselves first to to make sure we got it right. So our 1.0 that's out today, it it solves the bidding process. We've digitized the walkthrough, so so you guys get some understanding. Think about if Dojo had an office, uh, and you guys needed a cleaning company, you would search Google or however it is that you would search and you would find a cleaning company. The next thing they're going to tell you is awesome. You know, can we, can we do a walkthrough? You know, we have to see the space. We have to get an understanding what, what the expectations are from you as a client. And you got to get notes. You got to get square footage, pictures that, you know, you have to un understand what it is that you're going to clean and how much you're going to charge for it. Well, that's what route does is it digitizes that creates a portrait of the space all within the mobile application and it and it's it's shareable right like you could be in chicago and do a walkthrough in mexico and the person that's in mexico can come up with the quote and without ever seeing the place or stepping foot because it's all in a digital format right so we're giving the power of data and technology into the hands of mom and pop shops you know small business owners that that never had this before and now are able to streamline the walkthrough to the bid to the proposal together on one platform versus using multiple tools do you also extend that into the invoicing does it also allow for invoicing and then reconciliation uh, yeah. how, how so, far does it go for sure i mean my team would probably get mad at me if i talk about the future but we're working on 2.0 we're raising money we're uh we're on a safe note right now entering into the pre-seed round in the next you know six to eight months uh but our 1.0 is the sales tool. Our 2.0, yes, to an extent, right? So we're adding CRM, we're, you know, supply ordering process, invoice and billing plat platform. Because what happens with a sale? You close it by getting paid. So it, just, it makes sense to do that. And then more and more will get packed on. Uh, we we don't want to be everything, we but we want to be what's important for the sale, which is invoicing and, and the supplies. Because again, you know, when you're a small business owner, there there's a lot there that you have to know and understand. If you don't know your numbers, you're screwed. You know, like you won't win the big contracts. And if you don't win the big contracts, you're never going to grow your business. And I'll tell you what, in cleaning with COVID now, it's a it's a sexy, lucrative business. If you do it right, it's, it's just amazing how it, it's changed my life. You know, I never thought I'd be in cleaning when I went to school to be a sports agent, you know. Ricky, I got a question for you. Uh, well, it's very obvious to me that, well, you, you, as you say, you walk the walk and you know the business and you had this vision of getting into the tech world without being necessarily being an engineer or, uh, or someone with a technological background. So, but so I, in the way I see it, you're sort of an outlier. So you, you're like, you have this special vision of how things could work. So, but 
let's say that uh, your your uh, your client base might be smaller companies, as you say, mom and pop shops, even even companies that might be run by uh, let's call it uh, older generations, types of owners or folks. Would you say that, or what would you say to these owners, these business owners that are kind of in the fence about getting too much into the yeah. tech space and, or maybe adamant to the whole thing? And I, I'm, I don't know about tech, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to do business the old fashioned way. What, what would you say to these people to foster adoption? No, uh, it's great point. And we we're living through that. Yeah. There's users that we'll talk to and, you know, they say, oh, I don't need that. It's all up here. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't need the tool. All and right. my, my answer to them is that's okay for now. That's okay for you. And again, this is something one of my angel investors always tells me, he's like, Rick, some people are just going to be content. You cannot, you know, not everybody wants to scale. So <laughs> our, our target market is those uh, consumers or customers that want to grow their business. So the only way to grow your business though, is to be innovative. You've got to adapt to this kind of technology or the other person is going to, or now clients are asking for it, right? Like think about now with COVID is contactless. They don't even want you stepping in foot of the stepping foot in their property sometimes now. So how are you going to bid that property? There's got to be solutions that allow for a digitized mm -hmm. way. So it's it, again, you could, but the second generation, guess what? That, that new son or daughter that's coming oh, out of college, man. they want a mobile app. They want Excel spreadsheets, you know, streamlined. They, they, they are looking for innovative ways to stop using so many manual processes. So it's only a matter of time, right? Like we've got users around the world, Mexico, Canada, South Africa, New Zealand, Chile, Argentina, right? It's a, it's a global solution because cleaning in the U.S. is cleaning in Mexico. It's cleaning in Europe. The, mm -hmm. the, the process doesn't change. The innovation is not, it's, it's going to make an impact. And I mean, it's, I don't, want to force people to adapt um but you've got to be open-minded man i mean it, it really comes to just understanding what where technology helps you because it's not that it's going to replace you it's it's a it's um how do you say it's like a co-partnership like technology helps improve your processes it doesn't replace your process augment mm -hmm. augment mm -hmm. augment yes yes that that word's come up a lot over this past year In yeah. this in the same line of what you're doing and going back to the, the title of today's show, Blue Collar Workers, what would you say to people like you, perhaps even in different industries, right, who have this idea and might maybe undermine their own ability to step into a technical space? How would you encourage others to do what you did? And maybe you have some case studies or success stories of other individuals. And the flip side, how would you encourage those who are technical to take notice of the blue collar worker and have this increased willingness to pay attention to their needs and ideas? Oh, that's a great, great question, Kim. I mean, that's, it's, so this is something I've actually been dealing with now. We're like, now I'm two years into the company, you know, we've got traction, we've got customers, we're, we're past like an idea, right. And, a, and an MVP where I've gone through some struggles and now, especially in Chicago, you know, I'm part of the Latino you know, community here as far as, you know, Latinos building tech, you know, brown, black and brown building tech, just anybody in general is co-founders, your team, team yourself up with, you know, I have a non-technical or I have, I'm non-technical, but I have a technical co-founder. 
Uh, we have advisors. We have a team that we go to to say, hey, you know, this is not my cup of tea or my area of, of understanding. What's your advice? It's ask for help, ask for support. You cannot do anything yourself, but take a risk. I mean, there, everybody should want to learn things that are outside of your, your comfort zone because that's your brain is your biggest muscle. And if you challenge your brain, your muscle will expand, right? And it starts to, to pump itself to say, hey, I don't feel right here. This is weird. This is different. But guess what? You're pumping a muscle that needed to be pumped at that time. And technology is one of those things. People, if you don't know about it, you're scared about it. But that's like any other thing, though. Like, you know, I don't know much about the medical industry. I don't know much about mechanics. I'm the worst handyman there is. But you, you still try, though. Like, there's as an entrepreneur, you should you have that mindset that you should want to know a little bit. Just give me a little. Like I could speak on technology now and I know tech stack. I know language. I know different code, but just a little, just to be a little dangerous. But I didn't know Jack before I started this company. Interesting. So, so that, I mean, what I'm hearing, uh, Ricky, is you've got to have the vision, the fortitude to want to do something, the ambition to want to do something. But often that ambition is coupled with a little bit of an ego that doesn't serve you, right? So what I'm hearing yeah. is be ambitious, but be humble enough to ask for help and know what you're strong in. Oh, and that's man. a challenge for a lot of people. I mean, let's face it. Also, uh, you know, I think we're all Latino uh, here, right? That's also a challenge in the Latino community, that humility to ask for help, to be vulnerable, wanna, yeah. to ask for help. It's like we're, ra we're raised to be very proud and to just to, to know it all. That's just how we're culturally raised, right? Uh, so... So how did you get past that and realize that there's actually strength in the vulnerability of asking for help? Because ultimately it's about building something, right? Not, yeah. not showing that you, you've got it. How did you get through that? Was that oh, a man. challenge for yeah. you? And what did you learn in doing that that you could share with others listening perhaps that are like, yeah, I got that problem too. How do I get, how do I crack through it? Man, I, you know what? And, and this is something that like, so, like with Rosalato, right? My my family business, we got about 700 employees. We're in about 20 states. You know, we we we've got a culture where in the beginning it was always me, me, me doing everything. And then you 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 bring on help that like trust is a big factor. I didn't trust anybody in the beginning, my first three years, me and my wife and my cousin and my dad, mom, we did everything. And I just I didn't trust people. I didn't. I Googled everything. I researched everything. I thought I could figure it out first. So I did struggle with, you know, thinking somebody else could help me, but I don't, I couldn't honestly tell you when that was as far as like, if it was just something that triggered, I think it has to do with you as a person. There are the people that are the leaders. There are people that are great order takers and there are people that are great at giving the orders, right? Like you have to know, you know, who's the visionary, who's the in integrator, who's the workforce there. Some people, like we just had a meeting, we have managers that don't want to manage too many people. They don't want to go outside of their comfort zone. Don't put people in a position that they're not going to feel comfortable with. So us as entrepreneurs, we better feel comfortable with being humble, asking for questions. Uh, Cause when I started to do that, it, I started to see my legacy build, right? Cause it's not even an empire. I'm building a legacy cause empires fall, right? So in our case, everything that I started to do and if I didn't ask a question, I had regret. 
And if you have regret, you, you could lose a day in your life, right? A whole day because you're regretting, I should have. Damn, why didn't I? You know, and it becomes a mindset. Like your mindset gets screwed up. And man, I just, it was humbling for me as I grew these different companies and businesses and as I built Route, because I assumed people would look at my history and say, he's built that. Oh, that's successful. Oh, okay. So this is going to work. No, hell no. You start from zero again. Like, you you know, I never had experience in technology. So I had to get those no's, get the people that doubted us, receive the, the information. Like, it was tough. I, you know, I'm not egotistical. I'm very positive. I'm very, you know, I don't look at the negative at anything, but to hear people tell me sometimes and doubt us, I was like, man, that's, it's not an easy pill to swallow, but you got to keep moving forward. That was something my dad always told me. He's like, you know, not everybody's going to like you, Rick. Not everybody's going to like your ideas. Not everybody's going to think, you know, what you're doing is is great. Just worry about the people that are in your, in your corner and that are supporting you. The others, you know, just zone them out. Awesome. That's how you get the last laugh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here you are learning tech, building this business, which by the way, I think it's phenomenal because you've basically created the Uber for small businesses, right? The platform for small businesses to essentially run their business better and digitize their business. How does it work? Do they license it in a white label it or how do you actually go about licensing the platform for your mom and pop shop? Yeah, so it's a subscription-based system, right? So we're B2B SaaS today. Uh, we plan on being a platform, you know, in like a suite of tools as we're growing out the features. But today it's simple. You're a, you know, you're a commercial cleaning company. Uh, you you want to use the tool, you sign up, you get a 30-day free trial. Uh, you get onboarded and you do a demo. It's very easy to, you start using the product tomorrow, right? So it's a mobile app and it's a web app because on the mobile, you're doing the walkthroughs. On the web app, you're doing the proposals, you're doing all the bidding there. And then once you submit the proposal, you know, you start to generate new business for yourself. So all we are though is subscription-based today. That will change down the road, but it's a very easy process. Like if you went to getroute.com and just signed up for a trial, you could start using the tool tomorrow. Uh, Ricky, I, I have a question, but uh, this is a different type of question. <clears throat> we are approaching the final seconds of today's conversation. So um, I'd like to ask you this. Out there, there we might, have viewers who can be might be watching the show right now who can potentially have an interest on in your company in route even uh, as a uh, as as an option to to work for employment mm -hmm. so if uh, with that in mind what would you say that makes a uh, route a great company to work for What's the culture like? What what it's important? What do you look for in your team in order to make it a great company culture or atmosphere, however you want yeah. to call it? What would you say to these people who might be watching out there who might have an interest in route to, yeah. and might want to come work for you? I mean, it's we're we're family, we're grounded, we're, we're we keep it real here and we have fun, right? So like everything you see our vision on the walls. You see our mission statement on the wall. I have a word wall that speaks on all the different adjectives of who it is that walks in our doors, the things that they should have as they're working. Uh, everybody should be empowering each other because again, this is not a job. This is a, a career and a vehicle for them to, hey, we've had employees that went and started their own business. 
because we help them get their LLC, get their S Corp, get, understand what it is that they want to do. Because either we are where somebody will come and build a career for the rest of their life, or we're that vehicle to get to the next step in their life as a, as a employer, as a business owner. But it's, we're, it's positive atmosphere, man. You, you will see your work on the shelf here. As a route employee, especially, the developers we have all came in green. They came in new. They didn't. They never worked for a startup, right? Because uh, it's tough. It's a grind. So with here, their work's being put on the shelf. You know, they're they're proud because they see that we have 250 plus customers using the application. We have people getting onboarded. They see the Slack channel with the new subscribers that that sign up. They're all a part of it. When I'm talking to them about an investment round, they're a part of it. So it's very, you know, small and nimble, but very powerful because um, your 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 voice and your work will speak volumes to who we are as a company. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ricky. That was my question. Back yeah. to you guys. Well, we're about to wrap up, by the way. So you might want to come up with uh, some final words of wisdom for our audience. I, I, got, I got a couple. Of, I got one or two more, but I want to see if Kim has a follow-up uh, before I do that. Go for it. And maybe I can. Uh, awesome. Great. So being new to tech, you're not new anymore, really. You're, being, you're, you're in there. You're speaking all the words, and you're obviously building this, and it's shown to be a success. And I think it's phenomenal how many people can transfer skills uh, in tech. And if you if you got an idea and you've aligned yourself with the right technical folks, you can make anything happen. So oh, yeah. What happens is when you get into tech, you start to see a vision of what could be. Right, that's the beautiful thing. Why I've been in tech for 31 years. You start to see what could be, how the world could be, what you could solve in the world, and and talking to hundreds of CEOs on this show, you start to see patterns of how technology is evolving and how we're evolving as a species alongside of technology. What do you see next potentially beyond this for yourself? You see potential to expand your interest in tech. What would that be? for you that you're seeing that the potential opportunities in the next five years? Oh man, I'm, I'm just getting started right now with, with route, right? Like there is the, my team gets super mad at me. Cause they're like, dude, stop. No more. We have a focus, the roadmap we're done for 2021, right? Like there is no more room for ideas. The roadmap's there. The sprints are being done. Development is already in, in case, but that's, what's exciting is there is so much to do with technology and especially an industry like ours, right? But then it's not just my industry, you guys too. It's, you know, facilities in general, consumer-based products. I've got other ideas, right? Where I, I'm just infatuated where I love my service-based business um, and that grows gradually and that's phenomenal because I'm impacting so many lives. But I told my dad, you know, that I would impact millions of people's lives. And, and really the only way to impact that many people is through technology, right? You not that you can in the other sense, but it's it's that's that's the that's a difficult task, right? To to accomplish doing it the service base wise. Where if I could couple that and leverage my knowledge there, and bring it on the technology side, it's it's amazing what you could do with solutions that you build for your industry if you are just focused on the impact it's going to make, uh, you know, throughout the world. And that's that's really my drive is I want to continue to build product that's going to impact people's lives, especially the small business community, because though that is the genre, in my opinion, that needs technology 
to win these bigger contracts or win business that is going to elevate this this the economy. The economy is based on the blue collar industry, and the more tech they have, the higher the bar is going to be for them, and it's it's just going to improve our economy because it it really does hurt me when I see people look at some of these jobs on the lower side of the totem pole and it's you know low minimum low to middle income wages that you know if we don't start to charge more and and raise that bar uh, you can't even live with some of the the wages that some of these people are working their butts off uh, and that, and that that comes from the top like we got to improve that every step of the way to be able to pay them better absolutely uh, the small businesses have been impacted especially during the pandemic and as a result, so has the middle class. So congratulations. We're going to keep an eye on you. We we expect big things from you. We yeah. see it. We see it. We feel it. Uh, congratulations on your success. We're wrapping up now. Just stay with us as we go off the air. Uh, Carlos, what do we got coming up? we got one more show this week, right, on Thursday? One more show on Thursday, Tulio, and that's going to be with Bruce Licharwig, the president and CEO of Galing Robotics. The topic is going to be digital listen to this digital surgery as a service the fe- the future of surgical robotics so i really look forward to this conversation and see what's in store for us in in the near future and in, in surgical robotics Damn. i can't picture myself you know no, getting surgery like, by a robot being, you know getting sur- surgery from a robot <laughs> I, you know there must be something to it so i look forward to this conversation well, we that's what see. we have you seen right here Prometheus, right i mean True. Yeah. <laughs> right here on Dojo Live what? at 12 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for being with us. Be safe. Be safe. Bye for now. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com. <laughs>